want to talk to someone about it we need to talk to someone we about need to Louis. talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> mary kate hello oh, it's like you're right here in the room with me i know <laughs> and this is what happens when <laughs> abc life published your freelance articles clearly because you've gone out and bought us some fancy <laughs> mics to record from home that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, now that we know we're absolutely stuck at home and there's not much chance of getting in the same room, I feel like this is this is the next best thing. I hope so, lovey. And I really miss you, by the way. I don't think um, social isolation is doing anyone much favours at the moment. Yeah, it is pretty grim, hey? Uh, how are you guys holding up? Yeah, we're holding up okay. So we're um, two and a bit weeks into self-isolating at the moment. Uh, yeah, I haven't left the house in a couple of days. So I had grand plans of, you know, being able to take the kids out for a walk most days and then they closed the beaches and now they've closed the parks. So it's sort of like, yeah, there's nowhere else really to go. So anyway. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of debate online about, reasons you can go out for a walk and I'm still I think I'm still very much in if you need to go for a walk go for a walk but um lots of like oh if I don't really need to post a letter but I've got a letter here perhaps I can go and post a letter (laughs) it's just like oh my goodness everyone needs to get out of the house and out of their heads but yes just at at a very good distance from other people I guess um, I don't know if you've seen the the most recent bluey news this week, uh, Mayor. I'm sure you have, but there's a great opinion piece on ABC News called What Would Bandit Do? I'm taking parenting cues for bluey to get through the coronavirus pandemic. So, and, yeah, we all are, I think. Yeah, absolutely loved that piece and yeah it it hit home like it's treating treating self-isolation as a family as a game I think is probably the best approach we've got that piece from Andrew P Street um who I, I get the impression he's been a freelancer for a long time, so mm. knows the trials and tribulations of working from home. But, uh, yeah, doing it with kids in a lockdown situation is uh, just stratospherically the next level, hey? Oh, my God. Yeah, I've I've had plenty of conference calls now where um, the kids have just burst into the room and <laughs> it's very Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get, basically. The other day we'll – burst in in his underwear uh, and had Tim's Ugg boots on his both hands going, Mum, I did a poo. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> oh, oh, mate, well done, but now is not the time. I'll tell you what, I did bring a bit of levity into the conversation though. It was a very heavy meeting up until that point. Uh, I feel like every uh, every conference call and uh, Zoom meeting, gosh, isn't the world about Zoom now? Uh, I didn't even that, know what that. Zoom was a month ago. House party, that's <laughs> taken off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I, everyone needs a 
need some kid interruptions, I guess, and everyone's getting them as well. So um, I think Will is not alone, although very on trend with new season Bluey with uh, the poo uh, commentary because I'm seeing a lot of poo pop up in yeah. these uh, latest episodes. Definitely a lot of toilet humour. I mean, we've seen it in My Favourite Thing. We've seen it in Trains. We've seen it in, uh, oh, God, lots of lots of them, really. Oh, well, the one. Talking which, Feather One today. We are talking <laughs> Feather One. How could I forget? Just go in the toilet, boss. So, Feather One, it's. I love where this starts. I feel like Feather One just kicks off with a nod to the true believers, the true believers being us and all the got to be done listeners in that chutney chimp we're finally <laughs> getting some intel on what on earth chutney chimp is i chose chutney chimp wrapping paper because chloe's birthday party is a chutney chimp party nice one yeah it's primary colors and it's sort of uh, primitive line drawings i think it's pretty much exactly as we thought uh rip off pepper pig so condiment yep. animal um, yeah, I like that they brought that back though because, you know, we haven't seen Chutney Chimp or heard of him since Takeaway. So, you know, there's quite a few in-jokes I feel in season two for the people that are like us a little bit obsessed with season one. <laughs> Absolutely. People are getting very good at spotting the episode crossovers. Um, there's a few in this one, but, yeah, that was the big one for me, the, uh, the Chutney Chimp wrapping paper. And, of course, going to Chloe's birthday party. So, Well, this answers another burning question that we've had for a very long time, Mary, which was do the characters age in Bluey Land? So, yes, the answer is yes, they do because Chloe is turning seven. You mean I miss out? I'm afraid so, honey. It's because Chloe's turning seven and she's only inviting seven people. Yeah, I guess we're not quite at that ages of kids yet where you have to limit the invites. Um, But, yeah, that was like a throwback to childhood where you had a cap and you had to really – it was almost more stressful than planning a wedding, just having to work out, you know, who the invitees would be. Oh, the politics. Oh, absolutely. But I think maybe parents kind of already had the list in their head when they nominated the number and then just guided the child to the preferred invitees. (laughs) It's such a good way of pulling the puppet strings. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you, you soon learn out where the politics of friendship lie. Um, I'm, I'm interested to wonder, though, if Bluey will turn seven at some point in season two as well, or if, like the Simpsons, they'll sort of be in this homeostasis, I guess, or whatever it is, just like, you know, preserved cryogenically for years at a time. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I feel like if Chloe's turning seven, Bluey's going to have to because um, you can't get an invite to a birthday party without the reciprocal invite. So hanging out for that episode. <laughs> That'll be pretty intense. It'll be awesome. Man, I think um, one of the things I appreciate the most in this episode is that uh, you and I are both eldest children and there were plenty of occasions where we had to downgrade the fun that we had at so-and-so's birthday party (laughs) in the tales following just because uh, we didn't want to rub it in the faces of our younger siblings. So, um, Well, I can definitely remember downgrading on occasions. I can also definitely remember rubbing it in the face. And I feel like <laughs> Louie is probably more in that latter camp in this, um, or hasn't quite 
embrace the importance of downplaying it because, yeah, her very uh, very matter-of-fact ex- explanation to Bingo that seven turning seven, seven people doesn't really border on sympathy. It's uh, it's more just excitement and then coming back with the party bag and being so excited. Um, man, I thought that was probably the most unrealistic moment of this episode, how well <laughs> Bingo dealt with that. <laughs> oh, really? See, uh, for me the most unrealistic moment of the episode is when the, the Feather Wand game starts. For me this is a little bit like fairies. Because initially, yes. like, you see Bandit and he's clearly clocked that Bingo's gone heavy, but then you don't have that moment with Chili and Bluey. So there's that moment of going, okay, do they know that she's playing the game? Is she actually Absolutely. managing to make things heavy? Yeah, there's very much the the magical feel that fairies had in this episode. Um I again, I'm a bit of a cynic. I feel like they've played this game before. Bluey definitely knows what a feather wand is. And I, as much as Bingo is sneaking around like a little ninja diving into the bath and um, sneaking up behind the bed on mum, um, I feel like they might have seen her mm. and know what's afoot. So. That, that's where I'm lining up on this one, but um, I'm sure I'll be shouted down for not not being magically minded enough. But then Lucky's dad, she makes his hat heavy and all of a sudden he's <laughs> in there. So is he on this too? Okay, yeah. Oh, perhaps he's the, um, he is the fly in my ointment there, although always happy to have Lucky's dad along. Oh, yeah. and we know his name now, which is very exciting. Like- yeah, that was fantastic to see that um, we shared it on the socials because not us but um, another Bluey enthusiast, Lucy, just had to know uh, what Lucky's dad real name was and contacted the ABC Kids page on Facebook who Loving were straight Lucy. back with the info. Yeah, that um, they checked with Ludo and it was Pat. So I was excited to know that. But did you see a bit of backlash to sharing that information, Kate? No, but tell me more about this. What happened? Well, a lot of people kind of thought that ruined the magic of Lucky's dad knowing his name and to to them he will always be Lucky's dad, which I guess we're still calling him Lucky's dad. Have we even said what his name is yet? Yeah, his name's Pat. But I wondered if this is partly influence of Gotta Be Done, the Bluey podcast, because I remember when we talked about Lucky's dad last season and at one point I think you might have actually said is his name Pat. So maybe who's the artist well, here? I was. <laughs> it's life imitating something. Something yeah. is going on. Walking down the footpath. Hey, Lucky's dad, you have to stop bingo. Oh, yeah, right I don't know if I'd, I had heard it before and just buried it in my brain kind of like Inception style or perhaps um, like I did think he was Irish. So yeah, um, but definitely not looking very, like the, the more we see him in season two, the more I've like forgotten about that idea that he's of Irish heritage because he just is so through and through Aussie Bogan, isn't he? Even the the straight out of Bunning style hat he's wearing in this episode that um oh, 
loving it. It's like a cheapy, cheap Bunnings hat. So, um, yeah, <laughs> they really nailed it on that one. <laughs> or hammer barn, so should good. we say? Hammer barn hat, perhaps? Oh, yeah, hammer barn hat. Yeah, that's – who, who even refers to Bunnings these days? It's it's moved beyond its Bunning days, definitely. Hey, little help! Um, Let's take it back to the start because beyond the chutney chimp wrapping paper, um, what did you make of – Dad, like this is very much a bingo episode, but Dad's entrance, I feel, just sets up the random places this episode goes. <laughs> like, what is he singing or humming? Or it's just a uh, very, very random. Yeah, I, I was a little bit confused, to be honest, when I first saw that. Um, yeah, but it, it's all in fun and he's off to make breakfast, quick sticks. I love the banter in this, though, like, you know, when he's um, like dropping the cereal on the floor because he's like clocks that Bingo wants him to make it heavy. And then all of a sudden he's just like, this cereal must have a lot of fibre in it. Like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Everyone in this episode um, talks to themselves as a way of, I guess, moving the plot forward. And it starts with Bingo saying, Why is it always me that misses out? It kind of sets it up really beautifully for why is Bingo talking to herself? But, of course, she's in a whole household of people who talk to themselves. And I feel like that's very of the times as well because I feel like a lot of people are stuck at home in hashtag self-ISO at the moment uh, are starting to, yeah, have very in-depth conversations with themselves too. It's such an Australian thing, isn't it? Self-ISO. It's like we can't have an actual word. It has to be the shortest possible version of a word. Anyway. Uh, um, I'm going yeah. to take the joy where we can get it. But Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how are you going? Are you talking to yourself or you can't hear yourself over the other <laughs> inhabitants of the house? Oh, to be honest, at the moment, every day is just, you know, joy after joy. Yeah, if it's not someone trying to bust in on my conference call, it's just trying to keep the peace and not run out of snacks. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's going okay. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling the <laughs> chilly in this, though, you know, because I feel like the, the metaphorical weight that, you know, we are feeling in isolation is similar to the physical weight she's feeling trying to lift that pen and write on her arm working from <laughs> home. Uh, she's trying so hard. Um, it's it's a cute scene as well because she says the address that she's trying yeah. to copy off the party invite, which a lot of Bluey enthusiasts went straight to Google Maps, 26 Nudgy Road. They found it in the suburb of Hamilton and it was an antique store. Um, have you been across this chat? Antique shop. Do you think that they would they would have had to make sure that it wasn't someone's actual house, right, before? Surely, right. But I, I kind of want to see, we've talked about seeing episodes that are, you know, another perspective from the other side of the fence. I really want a standalone episode of Chloe's birthday party at the antique store because even seven kids, seven, six and seven-year-olds in an antique store just sounds like all kind of chaos. But perhaps this is going to be the new hip place to have a birthday party, an antique store. It's a very Toy Story 4, though, sort of location, isn't it? You know, like, I mean. We have just seen Toy Story 4 because hashtag self-ISO, we've done that uh, Disney Plus, like, seven oh, days free. How good is <laughs> it? We've seen Toy Story 4, uh, 
probably four times by now. I think, I think that's why they get Disney Plus. <laughs> I think I think you need to. You could probably claim it as a work expense, couldn't you? Because Ooh, of possibly. the podcast. Wow, very relevant now. Cereal heavy. Huh? I said cereal heavy. Oh, 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 what's going on? Hey, has um, making things heavy and unheavy been a popular game at your house since this episode aired? You know, it hasn't taken off. I've even like kind of put feathers that I find in prominent spots to see if Bon might be tempted, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you? Oh, come on, Bon. It's just putting it on a plate. It's like, you know, she's just <laughs> setting it up for you. Um, I'm, yeah. Am I desperate? Yes, I'm desperate. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, – Will doesn't even need a feather. He's quite happy just pointing his finger and going heavy, unheavy, and thinks it's hilarious when things are suddenly heavy, and he pretends that they're heavy too. So, um, yeah, he quite likes swapping. Like after a few minutes, he'll uh-huh. get bored of making things heavy, unheavy, and he wants us to do it for him. So, yeah, it's good. Oh, it's such an easy game. It's perfect. Oh, I love it because, you know, you can instantly, like if you're getting a bit bored of a game, you can just go heavy and then it changes it up <laughs> and they're sort of they're pulling at the thing for a few seconds while you get your thoughts together as to what to do next. That's better than what I've gotten out of it so far, which is Bon leaving his toothbrush on the floor to brush his teeth. I don't think he even <laughs> did the heavy bit. He just wanted to get down on the floor and brush his teeth. So thanks for that one, Bluey. <laughs> I love the commitment, though, that she doesn't manage to get the toothbrush bubbles off her face for the whole rest of the episode. Yeah, I just love that um, Bandit goes, eat your floor cereal, and she's like, this is the best morning ever. Because isn't that just a lovely metaphor for what we're all going through with our kids? (laughs) We all think this is disaster time, and they're probably just like, I get to hang out with mum and dad all day, we're playing, it's great. Like for For most families, it's probably... Yeah, really golden opportunity to spend some time uh, together. I feel like floor cereal might be the best metaphor for what we're all going through yet. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. Eat your floor cereal. Okay. Hey, man, um, um, let's talk down the rabbit hole. Now, are the ooh. characters at the start in the, you know how we've always said they're playing musical chairs, oh, musical statues, sorry, yeah, at the start yeah. of every episode. Someone on the Bluey fan club page said are they farting their own names and now, i have seen this theory over and over again yeah. so i clearly i'm not convinced something going on that everyone sees it but i don't or perhaps i don't want to see it it's i don't know it's it's most plausible if you if you're going to go back and watch the the opening titles in slow mo it's most plausible for mum i reckon because there's kind yeah. of a like it's sort of an embarrassed cringe to, as well, yeah. like when she gets called out. Oh, I feel like she's just embarrassed at going out first though. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see it, I've got to say. <laughs> I wonder if we can set this up as some sort of poll on our Facebook page. Are the Bluey oh, characters yeah. farting their names? I'd be really keen to see uh, what our listeners have to say on this one. <laughs> I'm glad that you're not convinced though because when I saw it, I was like, am I really missing that? And, yeah, I just uh, I, just, I just didn't know. Well, I think I first saw the theory when there wasn't a lot of toilet humour in Bluey and that uh, the toilet levels, I guess, have built and built <laughs> as the episodes <laughs> have gone on. Toilet levels. Um, but 
Yeah, so perhaps that makes it more plausible now that that was always there, but uh, I I don't know. If if they are, I'll bandit. I'll bandit. <laughs> I'm going to blame oh, bandit Bluey. for this one. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, Bluey, that must be a really, really impressive one, I have to say, to fill up the whole screen. <laughs> True. <laughs> one moment that I thought would be, very much appeal to you, but even my limited uh, knowledge of Harry Potter recognised this moment. Go, go, go! Ah! Don't look back! <laughs> ah! Ah, you shall not pass! <laughs> oh, that's not Harry Potter. That's um, Lord of the Rings. You oh. shall not pass. Gandalf, he's standing on, he's standing in um, the mountain, uh, the mines oh, of Moira, isn't it? And he's like, got, they're about to yep. be... Um, you yeah. are so right. I was picturing yeah. Gandalf as I said it even. Gandalf is <laughs> Harry Potter. Like this is blowing my mind. Well, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's Ian McKellen. Like, you know, <laughs> but, you know like. Uh, look, it's it's too late at night to test my geek knowledge. <laughs> clearly it is not up to scratch in the slightest. But, yes, um, <laughs> there is more than one movie about wizards, I think, is the message <laughs> that I'm going to take from this. <laughs> well, um, you, were, you were probably thinking of Harry Potter, Mayor, because um, Costa, one of the designers on um, Bluey did the most amazing like fan um, uh, movie poster reimagining Harry Potter as Featherwand. So um, Bingo oh. is as Harry and then, um, yeah, the, there's all the other characters sort of around and rather than saying Harry Potter in that fancy lettering, it says Featherwand. So, yeah, easy mistake yeah. to make. Uh, in the words of Chile, that was glorious, that poster. And there's a whole series of them as well. We're going to have to um, round them up and share them all as one on socials so mm. people can kind of bask in that gloriousness. Um, the first one I absolutely loved for dance mode that was a riffing on Footloose. Um, oh, wow. I haven't seen it. So, yeah. Oh, okay, right. Well, I'll tag you. Don't worry. But, yeah, um, there's <laughs> there's already a few out there and I think there's more to see. So um, I can't wait to see more of those come out of Ludo Studios and the oh. amazing artists in that team. <laughs> it's been pretty obvious early on about that the music is Grieg in the Hall of the Mountain King. Um, yeah. Does this music have special mo- memories or anything for you, Mary? Well, I think the first time I heard it, I actually thought it was the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Are they similar oh. or am I just going crazy? <laughs> You're going crazy. <laughs> okay, perfect. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Where does it take you? Well, um, so when I was younger, my mum used to get, um, you know, those magazines where they like send you a cassette every week or whatever it is. It was like such a scam in the early 90s. They had all sorts of ones for like crafts and rocks and yes, basically yep. like the first one was super cheap and then all the other ones were really expensive. Anyway, mm-hmm. we used to get um, the classical series uh, tapes and okay. one of them was Greek. I think we ended up getting them for quite a while. Um, 
Yeah, and I remember I've got such vivid memories of dancing around our lounge room to In the Hall of the Mountain King because I loved the music so much. Um, Yeah, but this is um, (laughs) – it's quite funny because I don't know much about Grieg, so I did a bit of Googling and, um, yeah, so he is apparently Norway's most famous composer – and okay. Yeah, like he is the Mozart of Norway, pretty much. Um, rom- romantic era, though, so that's where we've got the the big, bold feelings. Sort of, if you imagine music like movies, it's where you're getting your Rachmaninoffs and your big dramaticy pieces that you often uh-huh. sort of associate with cinema. Anyway, so this piece was composed for a, a play, sorry, called Pier Gint, and um, this bit is uh, the music for when um, the anti-hero, Pigint, steals a bride at her wedding and the angry guests chase him and Pier falls and he hits his head on a rock and wakes up in mm-hmm. a mountain surrounded by trolls. So <laughs> so this music is apparently the angry trolls taunting Pier and every time it gets louder and louder and louder and then the music ends when he manages to finally escape. But the thing I love about this is because um, they found a letter that Greg had written to one of his mates and he said, I've also written something for the scene in the Hall of the Mountain King, something that I literally can't bear listening to because it absolutely (laughs) reeks of cow pies, exaggerated Norwegian nationalism and trollish (laughs) self-satisfaction. And this is because Uh. of his most famous works. So there you go. (laughs) This he was being too hard on himself. I don't know. It doesn't sound that bad to me. <laughs> I know. Well, I love this piece. Um, this has been extensively covered, as you can imagine. Some of the most famous covers are The Who, who put it on a bonus track on a 1995 CD, The Who Sell Out. Um, mm-hmm. ELO did a version. The Wombles did a version. Um, <laughs> of course they did. Sabotage did an album uh, cover, apparently. Um you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and you will appreciate this, Mayor. Inspector Gadget's melody is based on In the Hall of the Mountain King as well. Okay. I definitely can hear that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I know. And apparently Sonic the Hedgehog as well. So, yeah, there you go. The one um, I recognised the most from was um, in The Social Network, um, I think the that movie about Facebook, oh. you know, the the Winklevoss twins yes. that um, are the rowers. The it's the music used when they're um, trying to win the rowing race, and it just the it, the excitement builds and builds and builds. And that that electro version was actually done by Trent Reznor. So um, I have a feeling that Greg would hate that even more than he hated his own original. <laughs> I reckon reeks but. of cow pies, Mary. Reeks of cow pies. <laughs> So it was Joff Bush and Joe Twist who um, scored this episode and I did notice that they obviously, they do not share that Cowpies opinion because they even credited Grieg in the final credits, his names there as well, just Grieg, whereas um, when they credited Beethoven for bike, for instance, they credited Ludwig. Yeah. Um, gosh, they all have cool names, hey, because Greg's first name is Edvard. We've got Wolfgang. Yeah. Um, 
Joff, Maybe obviously, Edvard a was a cool bit name. vague, though. You know, like <laughs> I'm imagining multiple Edvards in there composing well. It probably are, and um, I really appreciate that they're actually putting composers' names and things in the credits now because it makes my job a lot easier, oh, and it's so probably there's probably their subtle way of telling us to rack off and stop messaging them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's where it's going. But yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah, um, it's okay. One, I'm fine with that. One more cool name that we haven't actually talked about this season, but Ari is another really cool name that uh, needs credit because so many people have messaged saying they love our new uh, musical notes in the episode. Yeah, and. Um, Ari Danaher Flavel is the genius behind that. We've got an episode coming up where you have a bit of a chat to him as a bonus. Yeah, um, he's such and- a sweetheart and loves Bluey and it's so nice that um, we've been able to get his musical talent on board to help us sound that little bit more profesh. So if you're loving the new uh, title music and some of the uh, little bits and pieces in between, um, yeah, yeah, that's thanks to Ari and thank you so much, Ari. Um, Cool to have some teenage involvement on the show. I feel like we're at least like 300% cooler uh, with that (laughs) participation. (laughs) Absolutely. You've got to be down with the kids, man. (laughs) Feather Wand is obviously such an amazing game that it even distracts Bingo from the tragedy of missing a birthday party. But, um, gosh, how much could you relate to Chili and Bandit when it gets to the point where even Bluey doesn't want to go to the party? I think I want to stay. You don't want to go to Chloe's party? I do, but I just don't want to miss out on playing Feather Wand either. (sighs) That in unison sigh, like, has that happened to you where you've tried to fix a problem for a child and it just creates a whole other problem? Like, I feel like that is just my parenting. (laughs) That is my life. You know, like, you try and fix one thing for one child and then the other one goes, oh, but I want this, you know, and it just, yeah, it doesn't work. Oh, and especially the level they'd committed to this game, to then have it backfire in that way. Luckily, um, Bingo has, as well as the feather one, she's got the solution. She suspiciously whispering to Bluey to get her convinced that it's okay to go to the party and the game will continue when they return. Yeah, so, just that plotting yeah. though, like it's so um, sinister, isn't it? You know, it's just the glint in both of their eyes. <laughs> I just, yeah. I think Bandit asks very nervously uh, what, what they were talking about and yeah I he had every right to be nervous definitely <laughs> oh my god because that finale scene is quite intense really like you know that it and and man I'm really interested in your opinion on this because so often I'm just like if my kids tried to heavy the toilet lid I would just say go away <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, don't be silly kids. Mum needs to use the loo right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But why didn't he go in the ensuite? That's what I don't understand. Why did he run outside? Look, it is it is a much better punchline, obviously, but I guess uh, the ensuite is, is the ensuite upstairs? The bedroom's upstairs, yeah. So perhaps outside yeah. is quicker than upstairs. Um, I guess if he had already committed to playing the game, he didn't want his bathroom to get heavy as well. Isn't the toilet upstairs? Like, yeah, I thought the toilet was upstairs. Because remember in the hotel? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing about this makes sense. (laughs) 
guess it, but he did go out the front door, didn't he? He wasn't like you know relieving himself off the balcony or something like that. Yeah, I thought I thought he went out, yeah, into the back garden. But yeah, I mean, it's worth oh. it for the punchline. Hello, Wendy. She's the silent star of season two, but um, it's it's coming that in Dad Baby, she's no longer silent. Um, and uh, did you Ooh. see the? The voice credit is Beth Durack, who's yes. one of the artists on um, from Ludo Studio who does all those amazing pencil drawings of Bluey oh. for, I guess, special occasions. Um, there was an incredible one last uh, last year. When were was the bushfires? Oh, was that, that this year? Oh, my gosh. Was, <laughs> it was only a few months ago. Can you believe it? Like, yeah, I've seen all these memes about how 2020 basically needs to be unplugged and, like, started again because – I remember being on the beach with you at New Year's, man. We were all just like, oh, 2019 was hard. And it's yeah. like 2020 was like, you ain't <laughs> seen nothing, kiddos. Uh, hold my beer. Like, oh, hold yeah, my beer. what a nightmare. Well, we know that now. I don't think there was actually that much we missed in Hammer Barn. It was a very comprehensive episode. How very dare you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, one thing that was pointed out to me was Hecuba when we talked about um, the poor unfortunate husband of Bingo. We didn't mention Hecuba's origins, which Queen of Greek mythology. I'm kind of wondering if we've got Hecuba now and also Telemachus, whether we're building up to the movie-length episode of Bluey that is actually just a modern-day retelling of the Iliad um, and the Odyssey. Because <laughs> I think that's doable. Like, if anyone can do it, like, I'm prepared to put my faith in, Joe. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared to back you on that, lady, because, yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. Although, you know, the 19 children bit might be a little bit tricky and – yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, they might we'll, be a bit light on for characters to actually have cover everyone in the Odyssey, but yeah, and, you know, I don't and, know. There, and there's quite a few people that are born in weird ways and stuff, you know, it just <laughs> it just gets a little bit incesty. Yeah, children you know. of the gods, yeah, it, yeah, it does. Um yeah. but you know, much like uh the adventure back in season one, I feel like the the creative chops of the healer family and friends probably probably could do it. A fair bit of justice, I reckon. Yeah, and, you know, um, love is love. So, uh, yeah, bring on Hecuba as her husband, (laughs) who is also a wife. (laughs) Excellent. We need a new plan. You and me, we get the present and head to the car. Yeah, while Bugalug's here distracts Bingo. Good plan. Oh, um, yeah, we know that now. Chili is our friend who is listening to the podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel oh like my God, this what is a fangirl probably- moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was very exciting um, to hear from Melanie Zanetti, um, who commented on our post about our Hammer Barn episode that she finally had a bit of time on her hands. Um, I'm all for Melanie Zanetti being very busy, but yeah, like a lot of us, I suppose, uh, time is suddenly in uh, ample supply. <laughs> 
And yeah, she'd listened to our Hammerbun episode. Uh, which I know. She's in one of her favorite episodes as well, which is so cool. Um, I probably favorite thing about um, her getting in touch was that she signed off Love Chili with I multiple know. orange love hearts. So uh, that's probably the quickest way to my heart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I was pretty excited by that. So yeah, um, thanks so much, um, Melanie, if you're listening to more than one episode, yay. And, um, yeah, how exciting. Now we just need Dave McCormack to get on board and we'll collect a set. Uh, I didn't think it would end like this. I think, um, my eyelids are getting a bit heavy, Mare. (laughs) So uh, there's only one way to unheavy them and that's uh, by turning in. But in the meantime, if you like what we do, there's plenty of, uh, got to be done. The blue podcast love to go around. Uh, you can find us on all the socials. Uh, so on Facebook, search Got To Be Done The Bluey Podcast or at Bluey Pod. On Twitter, you can look us up at Bluey Podcast. On Instagram, we are at Bluey Pod. And send us an email. We bloody love them. It's blueypod at gmail.com. All of those things. We can't wait to hear from you. Um, uh We've said it a million times already, but again, praise be for all those new episodes dropping and buying us some sanity every day of the week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be back to talk about more next Friday. Oh, uh, but in the meantime, we'll win an Emmy. That's the, that's <gasps> oh, the next big thing, isn't so it? exciting. Well, yeah. uh, it's Friday, so we might already know. Oh, oh yeah, we probably do, but we haven't. <laughs> we, we're recording as we speak, so... <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, we'll have to we'll have to do an update or something. So. <laughs> Look, let's just assume they've already won. Hooray! Hooray! Or, or we can record oh. the alternate ending. They were robbed. Oh but dear! Way, so robbed. Uh, go Ludo <laughs> Studio. Awesome, you're there. Um, we're going to talk to you so soon, Kate. You're a gem. Go to bed. Look after those heavy eyes. And uh, in the meantime, it's got to be done. Bye. Bye. And the international Emmy goes to Bluey, Australia. Don't worry, Bingo, we'll make our own fun.